0: Okay, Top Tribe, this week's winner of the 100 bucks is Daniel Al Sudini. He's based overseas, he's an employee at a current company and can't wait to break free. For your chance to win 100 bucks, Top Tribe, simply subscribe to the podcast now and then text the word Nathan to 33444 to prove that you did it. Again, text the word Nathan to 33444 to prove that you did it. I give away 100 bucks every Monday. Many people ask me what tool I used to sell my first company, Hayo. The answer is thetopinbox.com. I used it to send emails, schedule emails to be sent out later, and set reminders inside my inbox so I would know when potential buyers were actually interested, and I easily remember to follow up with ones that hadn't replied to me. You can try it for free at thetopinbox.com. Nathan Latke here, this is episode 544. Coming up tomorrow morning, you will learn from Gal Harsby of Unami, which just raised 3.4 million bucks. They're doing 160,000 bucks a month through recurring revenue by helping businesses get more leads. Nathan Latke here. Good morning, guys. Our guest today is Eric Boggs. He's the CEO at RevBoss, a sales prospecting SaaS company. RevBoss helps B2B sales teams grow pipeline and win more customers. Prior to RevBoss, he was the founder and CEO at Argyle Social and employee number one at Bronto. Eric lives in Durham, North Carolina with his wife and three small children. Eric, are you ready to take us to the top? (laughs) Let's do it. You know, I just realized I reached out when I was growing Heyo when you guys sent a customer blast out at Argyle social that you were shutting down. I think I reached out and we talked about me buying those assets.
1: Yeah. I had already left Argyle at that point. Um, yeah, Yeah, I was, that was a, that was a very weird time and ended up selling bits and pieces of the company to a couple different buyers. And in a not good situation, our investors got quite a bit of their money back. So it turned out to be not a complete smoking crater, but maybe just like
0: a smoldering small hole in the ground. How much, (laughs) I forget, how much had you guys raised?
1: We'd only raised 1.5, 1.6. Okay. And that was a little bit of the problem. The other competitors in our category had raised massive amounts of money.
0: Buddy Media and Wildfire.
1: yeah, yeah, I think we had realized a little too late that it was a foot race. Mm-hmm. And uh, at that point, you know, a lot of the market was so far ahead of us and, and we kind of made some dumb product decisions early on as as companies are wont to do, but we just didn't have the cash and the runway to get to where we needed to get. So but, you, you know, you live, you learn.
0: Yeah, what'd you, uh, no, it's super valuable. What, by the way, this is what happens with most companies, right? Most companies give back nothing on the dollar. What'd you guys, what'd you give back? 50, 60 cents on the dollar?
1: Uh, I contractually cannot share, um, Oh, is that not, not public? What, <laughs> what
0: year did you that? I mean, this was many years ago, right?
1: Um, I think the whole thing kind of wrapped up like two years ago. Um, so actually, yeah, I guess I probably could share. I mean, it, it was probably somewhere between 16, 70 cents yeah, on so the that's dollar. Not
0: bad. That's, that's not horrible. Right. Um, what was the, uh, what, what, what was it? Competitors that I just mentioned that were buying these assets, you know, the hoot suites of the world, or was it just a totally different kind of buyer?
1: Um, one was an enterprise buyer that we actually tried to get to buy the whole company.
0: Um, and earlier
1: in the life of Argyle, that conversation kind of progressed and and never really, you know, we never really got married. Uh, and eventually when sort of fire sale happened, you know, they were quick to swoop in and they got a good deal and, you know, investors got some, some of their assets back and, you know, it could have been a whole heck of a lot worse. Would
0: they buy like a customer list or the tech stack or what?
1: Uh, I think they bought, um, I think they licensed the core technology. Oh, interesting. And then we sold the actual code base to another startup that was sort of ramping up similar product in a similar space.
0: So that license, I guess their thesis was they had a dissimilar, they had a a product that did not do exactly what you did, but still in the social space. And this was going to be a natural upsell for them.
1: Yeah, yeah. At the time, it was uh, this was an enterprise buyer, like a you know selling marketing solutions to the Fortune 50, and they had a very very weak social story, and so they saw the stuff that we had built as a natural fit to their platform, and frankly, just a good story. Yeah. Uh, some of the team went there, and suddenly they could check the social box and some of the stuff that we had built. Uh, I think. Uh, dovetailed in nicely with some of the stuff that they were already selling to their customer base.
0: So that was Argyle. You were then, was it before or after that, that you were employee number one at Bronto? I guess before, right?
1: Yeah, before I was employee number one, like in a, you know, the office at the time was probably the size of, you know, your walk-in closet or maybe your bathroom. (laughs) And uh, I was a really young guy at the time. I was 22 when I joined Bronto. And what was your uh, role? uh, I was a one-man sales team for two and a half years. Wow. And, you know, you learn a lot. I'd never really sold anything, even though in the interview, I kind of lied a little bit and said, yeah, I'd sold stuff.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, I, just, I just really wanted to go work there and really want to work for a tech startup. And um, first few months, it was miserable. I hardly sold anything and I knew they were going to fire me every day. I was like, this is just not working out. But uh, slowly kept getting better. The product kept getting better. I improved in my role and uh, really, really it. those guys. I assume you got and, equity
0: that early, right? Uh yeah, so all that
1: kind of played out really nicely, and you know say, the company
0: you made more money on that than you did on Argyle, I imagine, because Bronto's doing very well.
1: Yeah, and the in the grand scheme of things, and I mean, just having that story, um, uh, that early in my career has really helped. Um, I after Bronto, I went to business school for two years mm-hmm. and got a, a complete scholarship and a stipend, due in large part because I had this unique career experience that not very many people had, and so. I had a, you know, a choice of schools and, uh, had experienced something you know, really different being there from the very beginning of a company's, uh, launch and then seeing it through to, you know, when I left, I think there were maybe, uh, maybe 30 employees and now geez, it's gotten acquired twice. Uh, it got acquired by NetSuite and then Oracle acquired, uh, NetSuite. So now Bronto is a, is an Oracle company.
0: And what, so, so fast forward now into RevBoss, what does RevBoss do and what's your business model?
1: So we are a SaaS company that helps B2B sales organizations uh, find more prospects and win more customers. And the the company sort of spun out of my experience at Bronto, uh, you know, where I sold software subscriptions there in like the you know, the pre-Cambrian era of SaaS when you know we didn't even use Salesforce.com. This was like back in the in the Stone Ages. And then even fast forwarding forward to Argyle where our outbound sales process was just a complete mess. And so in between the Argyle uh, wind down and RevBoss, I was a consultant for a year and helped a number of really good SaaS companies make some improvements in their sales process, Azure, User Voice, Device Magic. Um, And from that sort of, began to get a bead on, on this idea of rep boss. And, you know, we have a, a lot of competitors that have kind of all sprung up all around the same time They just solve them. this problem around, around generating conversations early in,
0: in the sales funnel. And it's really freaking hard to do. Eric, and, name, and, just give, round out the industry a bit. Who are three of your competitors would you say?
1: Uh, well, there's sort of different, different flavors. Uh, I think on the like pure play sales prospecting software, Salesloft loft and outreach, probably outreach than Salesloft uh, are the sort of clear leaders. But then over in sort of an area where we play, um, Lee genius and Zen prospect are more closely aligned with, with the opportunity that we see, which is combining um, not just the sales outreach software, but combining that with data and then actually people to kind of drive the process forward.
0: And what is and the And then there's go ahead.
1: Well and then there's sort of the the broader sales automation universe of Salesforce.com and Yesware and 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 HubSpot and the like. And that's sort of a different, different piece of the of the process.
0: Yeah. What is the so help us understand where you're at today? How many paying customers are you serving here in December 2016? Uh,
1: so we probably have... Well, let me give you a little bit more of the story on RedBoss. We started it as a services company. We just launched our product in September of this year. Okay, 2016. So, yep. Yeah, so we built the, the business as services, probably serving around 50 or 60 uh, services plus product customers right now. And a lot of those product customers are people that have been with us as services customers for a long time. Yep. And I'll tell you, that's that has been a really hard lesson for me to learn as a founder. Um, turns out building a services business is pretty easy. Growing a services business is really, really hard. And then turning that services business into a SaaS business is even harder. <laughs> <Yep>. I would <laughs> tell so you though, yeah. some
0: of the biggest success stories from a SaaS perspective come from agencies that build up a 40, 50, 60 person kind of client base they start hearing the same problems from every client and they spin up a SaaS business from it with a built-in customer base to start.
1: Yeah, and I mean, that is that is precisely what we've done. And that has been precisely the plan for us from the very beginning. Uh, I just don't know that I fully understood like the weird things that you have to do. Um, like one of those being, uh, we had a customer, uh, like a financial services software company it was paying us three grand a month. Uh, yeah, that's a pretty good services customer for sure. us. And uh, to convert them to SaaS, um, they're going to now pay us $1,000 a month. And so now we have a $2,000 cash gap, but we have a $1,000 recurring revenue software customer. And the uh, cash flow management side of me is freaking out. But the long-term thinking SaaS CEO compounding customer base side of me is really pumped up because that $1,000 in recurring SaaS revenue is actually a lot more valuable than the $3,000 in uh services revenue. And so we're doing this really weird thing where we're we're cannibalizing ourselves a little bit. Uh short term. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And so there's this short term uh weird thing we have to do where we, we celebrate when customers uh, pay us less, <laughs> yep. but in reality, we're we're making the business a lot healthier and sort of executing on the the longer term vision of
0: the company. Well, and your and your and your cost of goods sold on a SaaS sale versus a people you know selling professional services is significantly higher. You don't have to pay you know people to execute something manual.
1: Yeah, precisely. Yeah. And and it's actually a uh, we've learned it's an advantage in the sales process where you know we we'll have a couple conversations percolating now where you know, this idea of sales prospecting is new to them. And we have the advantage of saying, well, look, why don't we run it for you for three months? And you can tell if this is something that you want to invest in. And after three months, you can continue working with us as a services customer, or you're going to already have a program that's up and running that we've built in our product. And you can just jump right in as a, as a SaaS user.
0: So what is so, the average, uh, Eric, Eric, let's just jump into some more of the economics real quick. What is the average customer paying you per month?
1: Um, all in our average customer pays us, i'd say probably eighteen hundred dollars a month okay um and that's that's sort of weighing in all the services and the SaaS. average SaaS customer is probably closer to five hundred six hundred dollars a month
0: so if i do kind of the eighteen hundred times fifty customers is it fair to say mrr kind of weighted and all in is somewhere around 90k uh a
1: shade a shade less than that but yeah that's pretty close to where we're
0: where we're trending okay and bootstrapped or have you raised capital
1: we raised a seed round a year ago. Uh, okay. We raised 1.1 million dollars, and almost all of that has been plowed into software development.
0: And a convertible and, note uh, or equity? Uh, equity. Okay.
1: And as I mentioned, all of uh, you know we launched the product in September. So pretty much all of this year was sort of taking this service that we have built and turning it into a software-driven process. And like any SaaS founder. Uh, everything takes twice as long and costs twice as sure. much. <laughs> what
0: what percent? Because you were obviously, I, I assume you were pre-revenue when you raised the $1.1 million, right?
1: right? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, I think we got some credit in the deal. Agency side. Uh, because we had proven that we could sell and we'd proven that we could run a business. And we had proven that there was a market for the product simply by selling it as a service so what eric what,
0: what i'm asking here is you have a background bronto argyle you know agency revenue using all of those as negotiation leverage what percentage of the business did you sell for 1.1 million
1: uh i think it ended up being like 20 percent somewhere between 20 and 25 percent
0: i mean that's not horrible i mean that's what five million million dollar valuation kind of pre SaaS product right
1: Yeah. And I think the lesson I learned from Argyle, uh, is that the price doesn't really matter all that much. Um, I mean, it matters, right? You don't want to sell 50% of your company that early, but there's sort of a a range for what's reasonable. As long as you can get in that range of what's reasonable. Uh, I cared a lot more about the deal terms and I think the investors, I mean, not to speak for them, but you know, I think they were pretty happy with the price, and I was pretty happy with the deal in terms of how you know some of the other things that were included. And I think earlier in my career, I would have really been fixated on dilution and fixated on price. Uh, and you know, this is sort of the second go around for me as a SaaS founder raising raising institutional capital. And this time, I cared a whole heck of a lot about price and a whole lot more about just how the deal was structured.
0: And what was uh, give us a sense of how the agency was doing in 2015. What was total 2015 revenue?
1: Uh, it wasn't huge.
0: Probably seven hundred.
1: Geez, probably seven hundred k, eight hundred k. Okay, I frankly, can't even remember. It's like Stone
0: Age. That's okay. And what's the team size today? Uh, there are twelve of us.
1: All in uh, Durham? Uh, no, actually, we have a sales and services team in Durham, and our engineering team is distributed.
0: Oh, very so cool. So we have All over the software world.
1: engineers in Minneapolis, Columbia, South Carolina, Ecuador, um, Dayton, Ohio. Um, cool. and we have one guy that's actually in North Carolina, but he lives about 45 minutes outside of Durham. So he just never comes to the office. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. So he's
1: distributed, even though he lives, you know, driving distance away.
0: And do you have a sense these guys that are now moved over to the SAS model, what are they worth to you kind of our lifetime? What, what's at least in your Excel spreadsheet? What do you project lifetime value is currently?
1: Yeah. So that's, that's a hard question, right? Because we don't know yet. Um, we are budgeting a 12 month LTV, which is, you know, not that great in the grand scheme of things. I looked at some data from HubSpot and their LTV is, you know, three, four, five years, depending on, you know, that it's sort of increased over time. Uh, But even if we can just get a 12 month LTV, uh, the SaaS business is going to be very, very healthy. And so my sort of my thinking around this kind of stuff is uh, budget a 12 month LTV and then surprise yourself with an 18-month, you know, 24-month LTV.
0: So 12-month LTV times $1,800 ARPU is about a $21,000 lifetime value in terms of dollars, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. And our our customer acquisition cost is pretty low. What is it? Uh, like, like 2K.
0: Okay. And what is that spent on? Any paid stuff? Or is that on inside salespeople salaries and content marketing?
1: It's all inbound, uh, primarily inbound and referral. And, you know, oddly enough, as, you know, a company that enables other companies to build pipeline with outbound sales, we have really sucked at outbound sales. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's you know the cobbler's children, no shoes, whatever whatever that saying is, but but that is us. Of That's the, 12, of the s- twelve, how
0: many are salespeople? Um one. Okay. And the and rest myself. are engineers?
1: So say one and a half.
0: And the rest are engineers and support?
1: Uh yeah. We have or in our customer success team, one in operations and the rest are all software engineers.
0: Got it. Okay, interesting breakdown. What, okay, take me to churn real quick. Gross customer monthly churn, what are you projecting there? Uh,
1: well, that's basically just, LT, you know, that's uh so, Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so we're looking at, that's like 8%. Yep, yeah. Uh, it's actually 13.1, 13 month LTV is what we budgeted. Yeah, uh, 8%, these are very,
0: these, are, these would be very kind of, uh worst case scenario because if you have you know a twelve you know eight percent churn in a SaaS business will kill you. But I imagine with these enterprise sales at this price point plus the SDR side of it where you're onboarding and kind of touching every customer, uh it'll hopefully be way lower than that, right? Yeah.
1: I mean our churn at Argyle was quite a bit lower yeah. than than eight percent. Um but again, uh you know my experience is to plan you know plan for for uh you know the worst. Uh, but no, realistically, you should be able to beat that, uh, over time.
0: Folks, I may have to stop doing the podcast. I will tell you why I have found a business and I'm ready to go all in. It's the one I want to take public by the time I turn 30. It's called the top inbox.com. And here's why I know it's going to be big, very big. There are so many other companies charging way too much for this right now. Yes, where tout app. Boomerang, that's to do things like send later reminders and autofobes for salespeople inside of your Gmail inbox. I'm doing it, I'm gonna do it for free. We have so many people using it, it's growing so fast. And we do many of the things that salespeople love. We don't require people to leave the inbox to go log into a website. It's so simple to use. And I have to tell you, I mean, salespeople are like drooling over this thing. They're like licking the the drool off their keyboard. They're loving this thing so much. Thetopinbox.com, go install it now. Use it for free people. Okay, I like you because you're listeners. Use it for free before I decide to start charging for it. Go right now to thetopinbox.com. So what I've done is I've worked with them. You guys know I make great deals. If you go to hostgator.com forward slash Nathan, you can sign up, get your own domain for 30% off and a 45 day money back guarantee. Okay, again, I make great deals for you guys. Go to hostgator.com forward slash Nathan to grab that now. Eric, let's jump into the famous five and wrap up here. First one, what's your favorite business book?
1: Oh, uh, the hard thing about hard things by Ben Horowitz. I feel like I read that thing every three months and frequently just pick it up and read a chapter based on something that I'm dealing with.
0: Is there a CEO that you're following or studying right now? Um, geez,
1: that's a tough question. I'll I'll give a shout out to one of my friends, someone that you should interview. Um, my friend, Matt Williamson, he's the CEO of a company called Windsor Circle. They're actually one floor uh, above us in Durham he worked with me at Bronto, and he's built a great business at Windsor Circle, and man, he has seen the highs and he has seen the lows, and he's someone that I hang out with quite a bit, and I actually had a mini freak freakout uh, a couple of weeks ago, and and kind of pulled him aside to chat about and he just told me to quit being a whiny shit.
0: Yeah, that's awesome, I love, an in- <laughs> I love an intro, that'd be great to interview him. Uh, number three, Eric, what's your favorite online tool, like Acuity Scheduling? Oh,
1: geez, my favorite online tool, Oh, Stripe, man. It, uh, it is like made our business so much cleaner. We were doing a lot of invoices, sort of like traditional services company type stuff, you know, as an agency, that's typically how you run your business. We flipped over to, to Stripe and tra- uh, transact all of our payments online now. And man, life's gotten a lot easier.
0: Number four, yes or no, do you get eight hours of sleep every night? No, I have a five month old. Oh wow. Okay. And uh, so you're married one kid or more? <laughs> I uh, have a 5-year-old, a 3-year-old and a 5-month-old. So f- three kids.
1: Three kids. So nobody sleeping in my yeah. house. How old are you,
0: Eric? <laughs> I'm 36. Okay, so take last question. Take us back 16 years. What do you wish your 30-year-old self or your 20-year-old self knew?
1: Oh geez. What do I wish my 20-year-old self would knew? Um I think I would tell that guy uh to not worry so much about the long term, that things just have a way of working themselves out. And I say that from the perspective of a guy that's seen some pretty nice successes uh, in, in my career and seen some pretty, pretty low points in my career. (laughs) And I think in in reality, it all kind of, it's all, you know, the highs never feel the highs never are as great as they feel. And the lows are, are never really as bad as they feel. And I think, Um, That probably would have saved me some hairline and some stress if I had sort of uh, digested that earlier in my life. Just to
0: be clear, everyone, he said hairline, not heroin. I know it sounded it yeah. muddled together. <laughs> in case you're in case your kids are listening, Eric. So Top Drive will link to all of Eric's resources and the data and his learnings in the show notes at NathanLacka.com forward slash the top five four four. Again that's NathanLacka.com forward slash the top five four four. Eric Boggs, the founder of Rev Boss, one point one million bucks raised last year, launched their SaaS product here in twenty sixteen. Now serving about fifty customers, did seven hundred grand in 2015 revenue currently again with those 50 customers doing an ARPU about 1800 bucks a month MRR just slightly below 90 grand projecting 8% monthly churn again aggressively 12 month lifetime value and then a total lifetime value in dollars of 21 grand again helping folks get their sales development stuff on track with our team of 12 based in Durham and other remote locations Eric thank you for taking us to the top thanks David. this was a lot of fun If you enjoyed Eric today, go back and listen to Oleg yesterday. Oleg's company, People.ai, helps sales teams. And he said on the show, Nathan, we're about to close a massive round. Top Tribe, I love giving away free money. I feel like, oh, we're giving away cars, and I have something special for you today. How many of you have heard our super sharp guests talk about success they've had with Facebook and Google ads? Well, all of you listening right now, yes, if you're listening, you get $100 in free AdWords. Here's how you get it, okay? Again, thanks for listening. Get the free $100 from Google right when you sign up with my website host provider, HostGator. Go sign up now to get your free money. HostGator.com forward slash Nathan. Again, that's hostgator.com forward slash Nathan. Okay, Top Tribe, I'll see you bright and early tomorrow morning. And don't forget, before you listen to any other episodes, subscribe on iTunes right now for your chance to win a hundred bucks every Monday.